and DC, we're just hoping that you listen. Welcome to District Divided. I am Amit. Joining me, Matt LCK. Spencer, once again, is not here. He spent way too much energy on that intro the last time he was here. Still recovering from that. But we still got a stud lineup for you. The four of us are going to deliver the following topics. We got the Washington football team losing to the LA Chargers in the opener. Really, really disappointing. Was hoping to get the win, but we did not. But... Taylor Heineke is the starting quarterback of the Washington football team. If you guys have followed the podcast at all, we are a big, big Taylor Heineke podcast. At least I'm a huge supporter. Matt is going to disagree sh- shortly. Dot, we'll see what he thinks. And then we'll conclude with a no-hate debate. Elsie, walk us through that. What's the no-hate debate this week? Uh, today we're going to talk about what team would you like to come to DC so you can see an exhibition match or a professional uh, actual competitive match. Fair enough. So that would typically be an international team. But if you can't think of one or you'd rather just say, hey, what's the favorite team of yours that like just comes to DC? That's also fine. As always with the no hate debates, you can get creative with it. And then we conclude with the State of the Union. You're a DC sports wraparound coverage segment. Pretty short one this week. But we got to begin with the Washington football team. The NFL season kicked off this past Thursday. And then on Sunday when the Washington football team played, lost 20 to 16. Real Real disappointing, especially because they're high hopes for this team. Matt, I'm sure, is smiling because we have an over-under bet with him. Dot, let's throw it to you first. What were your thoughts on the game overall? Disappointing. I mean, um, I know that we and you did the episode right beforehand. We were looking at the keys of the game, and everything that we said needed to happen did not happen, especially um, we're looking at defensively. Los Angeles offensive line did hold up. Rashawn Slater had a hell of a game against Chase and Montez. If you look at anybody that really shined as far as on the defense alone, it was Jonathan Allen around paint at certain points. Also, Cam Curl, they need to have him on the field at all times. Um, and it, the thing that I think that was the most concerning for me going into the game was the linebackers, and they showed that that is definitely a point of need for the team. I don't know how many times I saw them getting something on the second level and John Fostick's 10 yards away when you know he's supposed to be further up on the guy including that dagger play, which is the third and 16 to Keenan Allen. Where the hell were you going, brother? Um, there, there's some things in the secondary that we always knew was going to happen. Brennan was St. Juice, young corners, they usually struggle. Um, it, it's going to be something that he has to – there are growing pains with that. But the thing is, overall, if you look at the defense, I mean, they did, for the most part, when we got down to the red zone, held them, them, uh, them out of the end zone. Like, there were some things to hold your hat on. It wasn't until the Antonio Gibson fumble there at the end that you kind of see it was pretty much lights out. But um, there was no reason that we should have been in that game as long as we were. If you were looking at the time possession and everything, the defense definitely had that bend, don't break mentality. And um, I, I just think there are certain things to hang your hat on. There were certain things that you just knew kind of going in could be disappointing. We were hoping, were hoping for the best and it just didn't come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, the truth is we got dominated and deserved to lose the game, unfortunately. I think the coaching – wasn't good. There was a fourth and seven where Heineke had just scrambled for nine yards and there was momentum and the crowd was behind him and we punted. That ended up being the last offensive possession of the game. Instead, the Chargers get 90 yards of field to work with instead of maybe 60 and maybe you get the ball back and force a field goal from them. So coaching wasn't good. The defense 
Justin Herbert was pressured on 12% of his plays. That is the lowest rate in the NFL. He literally had the cleanest pocket. He never experienced that last season. He came from the worst offensive line play to the best offensive line play. Props to Brandon Staley, to Joe Lombardi, to that front office for getting that offensive line right because it looks really, really good. And then the defense, also Joey Bosa, we could not stop that man. Absolutely could not stop that man. He got, I think, two, maybe even three different sacks. Always was in the backfield whenever Fitzpatrick was in the game. And then, of course, Charles Leno just giving up a free hit on Fitzpatrick. Now he's out six to eight weeks with a hip hip subluxation or something like that. But yeah, out six to eight weeks, he's on IR. And we will talk about Taylor Heineke in a moment. But what were your thoughts on Antonio Gibson? His usage, KDOT, I thought was really good. They gave him the ball plenty. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was the thing that I was saying that I was not that concerned about was giving him 20 carries, but they did what they could as far as um, as far as being in the rock. And he looked good when he had it. I mean, the fumble at the end, nobody wants to see that. Um, I, I do think that I like the few plays that I saw Jared Patterson out there, so I'm hoping he gets more into the mix. But Antonio Gibson, I mean, he is what we think he is, which is a stellar back. But I don't know. I thought I looked at uh, yesterday after the game that he was already on the injury report again. So um, that, I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine, but that is something that I think you need to concern yourself with when it comes to Antonio Gibson. It's just when you're using him, how much you're using him. But he looked good up until that fumble. Yeah, uh, I think overall he had a good game. The fumble, of course, very costly. But yes, I think overall he had a good game, and I look forward to more usage like that for Antonio Gibson. But Maybe that, a bit more Jared all, Patterson as well. The one thing I do, that offensive line play for us is unacceptable. Um, um, Stan Cosme, our rookie uh, right tackle. Um, he, I think I was looking at PFF grade, the split between his run pass defense and uh, his, sorry, his run blocking compared to pass blocking, I think it was 15 to 85, something insane. Um, we, we, we need some more help there. Cause there was, I mean, it got Fitzpatrick hurt and Heineke was running around like his life depended, depended on it at, at certain points in that game. We need to share that up. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Cosby was on an island against Joey Bosa. Again, that is a very, very hard. I know he's practicing against Chase Young, Montez Sweat and the likes, but Joey Bosa is a beast in in and of itself in his own right. Um, Elsie, you wanted to make a comment about the defense. Go ahead. Floor is yours. Yeah, before we move on to to the quarterback talk. So the other thing that I think was concerning about the defense, and not to just, you know, pour down on them, uh, but for me, the concerning thing is that, you know, we're thinking of the Washington football team as a team that if they're, you know, going to win the games that we want them to win, they're going to be close games, right? Like we're not expecting them to absolutely dominate a lot of teams. And the fact that there were so many third downs that the Chargers were able to convert, that to me that says that when under pressure, they weren't able to to come up with the stop. And if you're going to have close games, that's those are the moments that are, you know, the, the moments to turn around, right? Like you're under pressure, it's the third down. And there were, I was just looking, there were nine in a row in that fourth quarter that they had. Yeah. Uh, like nine in a row, third down conversions. And so I would think that, you know, being able to perform under pressure, I think is, is something absolutely key for a team that's going to be in a lot of, you know, this was a four-point game, right? Like at the end of the day, like you said, from the get-go, maybe it shouldn't have been that close. But when you look at it, it was a four-point game, right? I mean, you could have you could have been in it. So being able to perform under pressure, I didn't see that from the defense on so many third downs. Just you know, this is the moment. You know, this is when you have to bring the stop. And time after time, just crumble. 
gave away yeah. the first down. No, it, it was a devastating performance from the defense. And, and very good point because we could not stop them on third down, especially in that last drive because there was about six and a half minutes left in the game. And all you need to do is get a stop. That third and 15 that KDOT cited, killer. Killer. John Bostic goes a little too far with the running back, abandons his zone. And next thing you know, Keaton Allen's open. The rest is history. The Chargers. The linebacker fight so hard on every play action. Jamin Davis, too. Our first round. Yeah, the, the entire God. linebacking core gets catches black for me. Cole Holcomb had the best game out of the three, and it wasn't good. So, 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 so going back, and first of all, I, I don't like the – I don't like the hint that I was cheering against like against the Washington football team. Everyone knows it wasn't a hint. I, 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 I was I was pulling for, for a you guys. dollar. It's a shame you guys lost. I was pulling for you guys. And uh, so going off of it, um, there's a lot of expectations going in. What were some? What's what's your biggest moment to tell the fan base to? What do they need to relax on? What are people overreacting on too much? And like, what is the overreaction that you truly believe after the first game? Uh, well, so I would say the biggest overreaction is that the D-line sucks. It doesn't. I think they just went against a really, really good revamped offensive line that clicked. That doesn't always happen, but the Chargers offensive line is now a very talented unit based on their free agent acquisitions, their draft pick, Rashawn Slater. They're good. And our defensive line is still really, really good. I think people are suddenly concerned about the defense. If we go out against the Giants and give up 28 points to them, then I'm very concerned about it. But right now, I would say relax. I think it was a very tough first game against a young, bright mind in Brandon Staley, the head coach for the LA Chargers. He showed some really good ideas, some inventiveness. And I think we'll be okay. For me, that was the biggest overreaction, the defensive line being bad. We are a good defensive unit and defensive line. Yeah, I think the, the, with week one in the NFL season, you have no idea what you really saw compared to what the rest of the team's going to be. I don't think anybody thinks the sky is falling because New Orleans people live shit out of Green Bay. Like, I don't think anybody thinks Green Bay is not going to win a few games this year. I mean, it, at the end of the day, for us, I think this week is going to be something because I think on paper, on the field, just based on what we saw, we should be a much better team than New York is. And that, to me, is going to be a big litmus test as far as where we are. But I am concerned about the linebackers. But anybody saying that the defensive line didn't do their job, I'd point to the time of possession or just the defense as a whole, I point to the time possession and that point differential and the fact that if Antonio Gibson doesn't fumble that ball there at that particular point in time, we might be talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, I, I need to mention, though, your Detroit Lions run by Motor City Dan Campbell. It looked like a blowout, but them boys got heart. 41-33 final. That was a pretty crazy ending. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I caught the highlights. You know, uh, they weren't on my, on my cable package, and I don't go to bars to to you know support this this team I don't, I don't take extra time out of my day that i need to you'd to be all by lines. yourself but uh <laughs> um but yeah I, I i you know watch the highlights jared goff seemed to have a good game and excited. i don't think he's a you know a, a total total struggle like people are putting him as like the 33rd best starter in, in the league i think he's in the 20th to 25th range in, in the league um and you know seems like he had a good game and, and again i think that's what dan campbell but by no means do i think the lions are going to go off and and you know mount a, some sort of playoff push but i think you're seeing that dan campbell push he's got a, a lot of good energy about him and I, by 100 percent seems like players want to play for him so those are the kind of games i expect I, you know i'm still expecting probably a, a four to five win season for the lions i'm fine with that 
Um, but I think you'll have a lot more closer games, whereas under the Matt Patricia, as soon as we were down by a bit, blow out, blow out, right. blow out, blow out. So I think, I think there's definitely a, a good energy about the team. Um, and, and we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be a big learning year. Uh, Panay Sewell, who I think people were not liking his preseason game, had a really good game against, uh, against the other Bosa. Um, you gave up one sack, but other than that, you know, it's pretty good throughout the rest of the game. So yeah. there. unfortunate, uh, our cornerback third overall pick last year, Jeff Akuda, did tear his Achilles. So, yeah, no, that that is a bummer, and he he struggled with some injuries last season as well. But the Detroit Lions get the national spotlight. We're going to see him on Monday Night Football against the reeling Green Bay Packers. That was I, a I, I will have that game, so I, I will probably watch that. <laughs> Looking forward to covering it on next week's. Podcast. Do you miss Matt Stafford yet? No, not really. A little I mean, bit. He, he played a like, near perfect game. We'd probably still be six wins with Matt Stafford, so, um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But cage, cage, birds aren't meant to be caged. Or whatever the fuck the saying is. Yeah. He's a peacock. You got to let him fly to quote the other guys. <laughs> uh, but, hey, speak, Matt Stafford balled out, and you asked about an overreaction and also a reason to relax. Well, I'm going to give you both. Taylor Heineke is the starting quarterback for your Washington football team and I could not be more excited of course thoughts and prayers to Ryan Fitzpatrick I am bummed to an extent but I'm not going to pretend I'm not excited for this moment for Taylor Heineke because that boy has got some it factor to him in my opinion the man is Shane Falco from the replacements move over Eddie Martell we didn't even have one it is Shane Falco's football team I'm throwing Washington Sentinels in the ring now as our new team name. If Heineke takes us the distance, and he just might. How excited are you, KDOT, for the second coming? Taylor Heineke. No, you you got to give me credit for that Shane Falco bit, right? Like, that's my guy. Um, all right, look. Fitzpatrick early on in the game, I don't know if it, it wasn't him. As much as that offensive line was not giving him any time to throw, I, I really did want to see Fitzpatrick play this season. I thought if Taylor was going to get in, it was going to be because of high and low play from Ryan. The fact that we're not seeing that. I will say that Taylor coming into the game, there's just an energy that he brings. His, he's dynamic in, in a certain way in which he can run out of the pocket, go scramble, go do things, make things happen. He's just got a little bit of that gunslinger mentality, right? Like I'd say like poor man's Atlanta far type without the arm strap of like getting shit done or just making things happen out of nowhere. And you see the crowd and everything feeds off of that. I mean, while there was sewage water being dumped on fans, they were still losing their shit. Because when he comes out of it, like he is, he's just playing balls out. He just looks like he's having fun. And I think you get the energy and everything feeds off. It makes it exciting. So usually when you got a starting quarterback go down this early, it's doom and gloom. And I don't get the sense that that is here in Washington because we were all kind of excited about Taylor. I mean, you look at last year, he almost beat the Super Bowl champions. And he had a hell of a game against those guys. There's no telling what he could do. I think everybody kind of wanted to see what he would bring. Because, I mean, shit, before the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing, there were a few of us that were saying, let's just go into the year with Taylor and Kyle. So I just don't think the fans themselves are too worried about it. We, we really wanted to see what we got with Taylor. Oh, I'm so, so excited for Taylor Heineke. I don't know if you could tell. Matt, it seems like you have some thoughts on this. Go ahead. I think there's a little bit of revisionalism going here on this pod, especially by the host. I'm saying I think Kadeen's been pretty consistent, but you were pumping up Ryan Fitzpatrick talking about his PFF grade, fifth best quarterback in the league, and he was the solution. 
I know you like Taylor Heineke, you like his energy, but he, is this not a ding to the offense? Wait, you talking um, to me? You talking to Kate? Uh, I'm talking. I'm talking to you. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm happy to answer that question. Look, I needed to put on a face for the people, knowing yeah, there that there it is. There it Ryan is. Everyone, okay, was the okay, okay. We just wanted to know. But now that we're here, now that we're here, okay. Hold on. So seven times this just week one. Seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, passer rating 97. 2019 league MVP Lamar Jackson, 98.6. On July 10th, 1980, 52-year-old Willie Jones got admitted to the hospital with a 115.7 degree Fahrenheit fever. Taylor Heineke is hotter than that. 119.3. This man is going to take over the league. Eighth in the NFL in passer rating. 11 of 15, 122 yards, a touchdown, and that moxie, I'm telling you, he seems to be the best-kept secret for some reason. The national media is still like, oh, my gosh, this team. You listen to fantasy podcasts, they're like, Terry McLaurin's not going to do anything. Logan Thomas isn't going to do anything. All the targets to Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin this past week started the moment Taylor Heineke came into the game. I honestly think there's something special about the energy and about what he brings. Is, does he have the strongest arm? No, he does not. But he seems to make the right play. And he can also move around. We saw how bad that offensive line He's was. He's got a killer chest pa- pass, though. Dude, oh, that chest pass? <laughs> dude, that chest pass. <laughs> dude, he, he brings it all. Oh, my God. K-Dot, I know, I know that chest pass moved you in ways you haven't been moved in years. Six to midnight, baby. <laughs> okay, but, but going in, let's say Fitzpatrick out for six to eight weeks. Um, would you, you, are you adjusting song out team play? Are you adjusting that win total at all? I think we said seven and a half, right? Crank it up, baby. Crank it up. All right. This team I, I, is special. I, I, I think there's reasons to be excited. I'm not, I have, I have no problem with people being pumped about Taylor Arnegy, except for you, because you were pumping the Ryan Fitzpatrick PFF. He's the fifth best quarterback. I take him over Russell. I Wilson also said, whoever, I also said. said, I also said Taylor Heineke had the best pro football focus graded performance in 14 years for this franchise. That includes every single RG three game, every single Kirk cousins game. This guy was the real deal against Tampa Bay. Some people say it's not sustainable and maybe that'll happen. One worry I do have is he does get injured. If he gets hurt, then it's going to be Kyle Allen. The team has confidence in him. But Chase Young loves, loves Taylor Heineke. Terry McLaurin loves Taylor Heineke. Everybody after that wildcard performance and after this week, you can tell the team's behind him. Like this was the moment they were, I think, expecting to have. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick came in, still hype. Ryan Fitzpatrick's been playing better and better as he's gotten older. Like he's figuring out the NFL as he goes. This injury is unfortunate. He got off to a slow start. It was not his fault, as KDOT said. The offensive line was terrible. So it was an incomplete performance. I'm not saying Fitzpatrick's bad. Fitzpatrick is actually very, very good. That's why I was hyping him up as well with this defense. But Heineke, when you have a mobile quarterback with a defense like we have, it just gets fun. It just gets very, very fun to watch a football team where on one side of the ball, they're hitting you every single play behind the line of scrimmage, or they're just rocking your shit across the middle. And then you have Taylor Heineke on the other side where if there's pressure on him, he'll get out. He'll throw it to Deami Brown. He'll throw it to Logan Thomas. He'll dump it off to J.D. McKissick. He'll run himself for 10, 12 yards. The man, I think, is perfectly set up in this situation, and he knows the offense as well. That's where I'm at. And, and I want to come to Amos defense just a little bit there. So I, I felt Matt was being a little tacky um, as far as your I, – I don't think you can say anything was wrong about the Fitzpatrick take that he was going to be damn good for this team. I mean, it was too early to tell. We have no idea. Like, I, I think right now – 
I still I, I still want to see Fitzpatrick play. If he gets healthy, unless Taylor goes on some crazy streak, which is a possibility, I think we're all excited about the prospects of it. I don't think any of us is like, oh, God, we got to look forward to Fitzpatrick coming back. Like, I think we want to see him, too. Like, that to me is going to be the greatest thing about this season if he does get it. It's like, I wanted to see what Fitzpatrick did with this team because I really did just from his career standpoint, more than just this organization. He finally had the tools, and he had a defense that was going to work for him. I just wanted to see what was going to happen going forward. I really did. Like, that That to me is the biggest disappointment right now is it's just what the unknown as far as what Fitzpatrick would have done in that game. Yeah, and I'll let his Harvard brain figure it out while he's hurt. He can continue learning the playbook in the meenwhile. Wait, did he go to Harvard? Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick that. went. Oh, Taylor um, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick certainly did. Are, are you still any concerns about how the rest of the division played? Philly looked good. Uh, Dallas looked good. Any concerns about, about those? Giants look bad. Right, Giants look bad, but they've also been an Achilles heel for us. Daniel Jones, for as bad as he's been, 4-0 and against the Washington football team. None of those started by Taylor Heineke, of course, so just that needs to be mentioned. But uh, Philly, cause for concern. Jalen Hurts looked good. The Atlanta defense is really bad. So I want to see another couple weeks from the Philadelphia Eagles. They play San Francisco this week. I think that'll be interesting to see how Hurts does there. And the Cowboys play the Chargers. So it'll be sort of fun to see. Hey, how did the Chargers measure up against the Dallas Cowboys? They had an incredible game. Dak Prescott had an amazing game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am a bit concerned about these other guys. And I mean, we'll see how Taylor Heineke does. I have high hopes. I think a number of people do. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I think there's, it's too soon to tell. Week one doesn't really tell you a whole lot. I think that's the biggest thing. Is everybody needs to pump their brakes on week one. But outside of it, I think the, I said on the, uh, the last episode of Vietnam it did, if you told me Philadelphia wins four games, you tell me they win 12. I'm not surprised by either one of these outcomes because I have no fucking idea what Philadelphia is. Right I think Jalen Hurts just is a dynamic player that's going to be able to make, make certain plays. They got enough speedsters as far as wide receiver. And I love the idea of what they got going on that defense in a lot of ways. And I love seeing Kerrigan there playing his ass off. Like there is uh, – th- there's a lot as far as Philadelphia not knowing where they are. Uh, if you play daily fantasy football – I suggest you take a good hard look at that Dallas LA game. They shoot at. Um, they, it, I mean, it, defensively, I think Dallas looked a little bit better than anybody think they did, but I think they were going to. And that goes like Mika Parsons, I think, is one of those guys that's going to be in the running as far as defense rookie of the year. I think they've got a few things happening in the secondary that you can be excited about. Uh, Ta- uh, was uh, is it Tavon Austin? Was the uh, the, the Austin? Sorry. Um, there are a few things that on that defense, they're going to they're gonna make some plays here and there. And as long as they get that offense and they're clicking and they're healthy, I think Zeke is an issue. Um, I, I don't think Zeke is the, the same guy that he used to be, especially that might be part of the offense. New York, that, that to me is this Thursday where Huge. the division lands at. It's, it's to me, this is one of those things you can't, own, you can't oversell the importance of this game as far as like where these teams are supposed to be as far as the outcome. Totally agree. Elsie, you've heard, you've heard our passionate takes on Taylor Heineke. Where do you land on the man? It went, himself? As soon as I saw Fitzpatrick down, I said, bring Heineken. Um, and that was both ordering some beer and also to bring Taylor. But I think to me, it was a bit of a roller coaster. Like I was excited. Oh, he came in and the first two passes he threw were like both quite over. I was like, Oh, that did not look great. And then the next, uh, the next possession was much better. So I was like a little bit, um, you know, excited. Then I was like, Oh shit, should we be excited? And I was like, okay, all right, all right. I'll, I'll be excited. Um, so a bit of a roller coaster, but at the end of the day, you're coming in, you know, 
always unexpectedly, right? Like when you're the the quarterback sub, you want to go in, but anytime that you go in, it is still unexpected. Um, I I do think you know anyone who's played a sport has been a sub, unless you've been a star for your whole life. And when you know you're going to be a sub, the night before the game, you are laying on your bed, just imagining all the scenarios that could lead to you to coming in, right? Like like this is. That, that's what you're thinking about, right? Like, they, this may happen, and then I'll go in, and I'll, I'll do this, and I'll do that. So that happened. Now you're in. Now this is your team for the next foreseeable few weeks, at least, right? We don't know exactly how long. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's really exciting for him and now for the team to say, like, look, now you know you're going to start. It's a different kind of mindset. It's your team. You you have to run the team. You know, it's, it's a different kind of mental state, uh, and I think that that will be exciting for him and for the team to say, okay, it's not just a, a bandit we put on in the middle of the game because somebody got hurt, but instead, you know, we've been practicing with him as quarterback. We're going to work our, our game throughout the week and then execute uh, on Thursday this time. Right. So I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to also see how he does when he knows that he's going to play and he knows that this is going to be his team as opposed to sort of just coming in semi cold from, from the bench. That's actually a really good point because how you handle being the starter is very, very different from just walking into a game with some expectations, maybe even no expectations. So that's a really good point, Elsie. And since I still have my Heineke heart on going, he did go over two at the very beginning, but the moment Bosa hit him, he settled down. That's when he went... Farvish. Yep, exactly. Exactly, because that third ball actually went over as well, and it looked like a dead drive. Bosa hits him. It's a personal foul roughing the passer. And it, it, he almost hit the on switch on him. Like, all of a sudden, Heineke just took off from there. He's like, okay, got it. He finished the game 11 of 13 from that point forward. So he, to me, again, you, you guys already know. I'm just so, way too excited. So, 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 so we're not doing week one overreactions, but, but you are calling We're doing rest Heineke of season overreactions. We're extrapolating. Taylor Heineke <laughs> is, is, is Brett Favre. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, no, no, here's the thing. Brett Favre used to do this bit. I, the, the stories of Brett Favre in the land of Jerry Clanton is some of the greatest football stories. It's just amazing. When he throws the pick six, runs off the field with a smile on his face, Jerry's like, why the hell are you smiling? I threw a touchdown, coach. Like, it's just, it's that's, that's the sort of mentality you have with Brett. Or Brett that always used to say that he didn't feel as though he was playing football until he got hit the first time, and then it became a game. So th- there are a couple things there. But there's something that uh, Matt kind of alluded to that I wanted to kind of, yeah, there was something that I noticed on the Washington football team Twitter sphere. Usually your starting quarterback goes down, expectations get thrown out the window. It's pretty much a lost season. Did anybody feel as though the expectations for Washington changed with the quarterback change? To me, it no, didn't feel like it at all. Right. All I see are the retweets by Ahmed saying Taylor Haneke is the next big thing. So I'm a little bit biased on the sampling. Feel free to shoot the messenger this time because I'm all in. I'm telling you, I'm all in. And they've got a really, really tough schedule, by the way. After the Giants, they've got the Bills, they've got the Bucks. Feel totally fine. I'm feeling totally fine. I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid. I may have a problem, but that <laughs> that's where we're We need linebackers. That we no matter what that we do. KJ Wright looks so good. He looks looked, like, why oh is he God, not he in the Birmingham goal? Yeah, he looked fantastic yesterday. But anyway, um, that'll conclude the Taylor Heineke talk and just the Washington football team talk in general. Dot and I are going to be putting out a preview episode on Thursday morning for the New York Giants game. Normally we release on Fridays, but that is going to be Thursday morning in light of the Thursday night game, 8.20 p.m. on NFL Network. Elsie, why don't you go ahead and walk us through the no-hate debate this week? Absolutely. So a little bit of the, uh, the information on what inspired today's no-hate debate is that the New Zealand All Blacks, which are 
out of the question, the best rugby team in both history and in present time um, will be coming to the U.S. and actually to the D.C. area. They're going to be playing in uh, at FedEx Field. They're going to be playing the USA uh, rugby team called the Eagles. Um, of course, we're not. It's an exhibition match. We're not expecting it to be close or anything like that. Like you're gonna go see the Eagles lose, but that's okay because you're gonna go see the All Blacks most of the most of the time. Um, so they are coming, and I was thinking, you know, we could talk a little bit about if you could have some team, any team that you want, just come to the area and you could go see them live uh, without having to travel. I know a lot of people you know, here follow the Premier League and would love to see their teams or, or sometimes when they go to England, they like must go to, to the stadium and see a game. So I thought that would be a, an interesting idea. The If you want some more information on the All Blacks coming, it's on October the 23rd, uh, which is a Saturday. I'll say the tickets are spicy. I mean, they're over $100 for some of the higher, uh, you know, places in the in the stadium. So if you want to go, if you really, really, really want to go, then go ahead and look at the tickets. Um, it's called the 19, uh, sorry, the 1874 Cup, uh, which is an allusion to the first time the rugby was played in the United States. So really interesting event. To me, the tickets are still a little bit too much for me to go, and I love rugby, so I don't know who's gonna buy them tickets. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the with the event itself. So I'll open with uh, with my response to uh, to the prompt, which again is, which team would you like to come to the area and you could go see live? I guess we can extend it to like any team that you like whenever they do come, if they come regularly. Um, to me, it would be just such a just such a nostalgic moment if Boca Juniors, my home team from Argentina would come and play either DC United, which I think would be an actual good, good game, fair game, um, or even the USA international team. Sometimes they do weird things where a club plays a national team. I would be all over that. I would love to go see it. I would absolutely prefer it if we could also bring like a couple thousand Argentinian people who go to the games normally, because you got to bring the stands with you. Like it's not about the 11 people who come in and the play. Ultras it's about, as well. Yeah. It, yeah. It's about the extras. And so if we could put that in the package, that would be great. Um, but I, I would love to see that. I absolutely, absolutely love to see that uh, here when, uh, and, and show a little, share a little bit of that passion uh, with, with the U.S., which is obviously growing. Uh, soccer is growing for three decades now as a, as a sport. So I would love to see that uh, here. I love it. So, and also just the energy of South American soccer in general, I think it's just awesome. I love watching the qualifiers in South America for the World Cup Ooh. and stuff. It's, it's just so fun. So I think, I think Boca Juniors is a great call. Matt, I'm curious about you. Who would you pick in this no hate debate? So I, I am often an in a way fan uh, when games I go to in the DC area. So uh, every time Michigan comes in, which is this year, I'll, I'll go watch them play uh, Maryland. Um, not my favorite experience. Like Gantrapire. College Park's not the, what? Gantrapire. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, College Park is not my favorite to go to. It's kind of far to get to. Stadiums like kind of small and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not the best game day experience, but Still usually a good time. Um, I Tigers were in town. Max Scherzer pitched, dropped it on us, 20Ks. Wow, have a good day there. Uh, but, um, I, you know, I like coming on the wings are in town. Pistons are in town. Dude, Pistons, Wizards, tickets are like 12 bucks. Um, I sat like row N for $60, something like that, and that was awesome. So I do enjoy doing that. Um, I got to go with my favorite team, um, and, and that's Arsenal, um, the club that I probably put the most amount of time into as a fan between them and, and Michigan football. Um, I don't know what it would look like. You know, you see all these pro exhibits and they, they suck, honestly. Like you see Barcelona come over the summer. 
Um, but in, in all honesty, Arsenal are my favorite team. I, I've seen them play in London um, twice, um, and I love it. And it's my favorite thing to do. So, LC, I agree. It's like the soccer experience is a big part of it. Um, I just love watching Arsenal. So, would you? Go ahead. Would you like if they come? Because I agree that sometimes the exhibition game is like the team comes, but then the players is like the B team. The B yeah, squad. Exa- um, exactly. So, so I, you, I don't, I don't want to like, exhibit. Yeah. Would you like Arsenal to play like DC United, or would you like it to play like Man U, but they're just playing here? Like, what would yeah, you like? Yeah, I, I think that would be the dream. I mean, it sounds so dumb. Like, I think La Liga proposed that a couple of years ago. They're going to play a La Liga game in the U.S. and it just got they crushed. Do. I mean, it the NBA, crushed. doesn't the NBA go play like a game in England and, yeah, and one I, in China I mean, or something? I, yeah, they, they do somewhere. They played in Mexico, right? um, which I guess is a little closer than England. But um, yeah, I mean, if there was a Premier League game here Could in happen. DC, yeah, I would go see it. So I got to just say it because Arsenal favorite team. Yeah, why, why would I not say Arsenal? Uh, so I would also say Arsenal. I just need the time machine so that it can be the 0304 team so that I could see Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira. And I'm assuming that these guys are trying their best and I want them to play DC United. I want to see the bloodbath. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Who, who knows? Maybe DC United is better than we think. Great learning experience for them. Probably lose by 15. That team is one of the best of all time. So if I could have that time machine, that'd be awesome. Since I don't, I would love to see the French national team. I think they're just so stacked from top to bottom. I would love to see them play. I'd love to see Kylian Mbappe live. I've heard that's just an incredible experience. Uh, Paul Pogba playing for France is a totally different player than the one for Manchester United. And Golo Kante, I just want to see what humbleness going at 100 miles per hour looks like. That guy is everywhere. I don't understand how he does it, but he <laughs> so much energy in that guy. Um, I would love to see that i would love to see the french national team so i'm sticking to soccer as well we got boca juniors we got arsenal we got now the french national team that's what i would do matt seems like um seems like you had a follow-up i was gonna let Kadingo go first but if we do one more the sport that i have gotten into after watching documentary then then kind of all about f1 you kind of become just a lewis hamilton no fucker you don't steal mine don't steal it now i'm talking next get off the mic mute yourself no. I'm a big, big Lewis Hamilton fan. I think if we just saw him, you know, some racetrack around here, I'd go. Request to screw Max Verstappen. <laughs> Not a Verstappen guy. Guy seems like a weirdo. Uh, Hamilton's kind of my guy. Uh, Kadeen, you can go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm a McLaren guy. Um, we had a really good big win. Big win this last right. weekend. My man Lando, man Danny Ricardo. All right, you kind of stepped all over what I was going to do. So I'm just going to start with that. Um, I'd like to see the Capital Grand Prix, right? And hear me out. If you had the background of like the Washington Monuments, them down by the river, like going across Arlington National, uh, National Bridge, maybe it'll force the Washington area to fix all the goddamn potholes in the street because these cars wouldn't necessarily. And I just think it'd be an amazing, an amazing experience. I mean, we're talking about motorsport. It's an American institution, is motorsport, and it just so happens to be something that. What they go to the circuit of America's down in Texas. I mean, shit. Put it somewhere that we care about. Like, I hate that they have, like, when you see uh, tracks like Monaco, um, they, they just look so incredible with the back, with, the, with what's going on in the background. And um, even when you're going to certain European countries and you just see the rolling hills and everything. And right here, you have just this asphalt track in the middle of Texas with nothing to see. To me, it's a disappointment. Like, that. I think Washington, D.C. could have one of the greatest, most 
Just, just one of the greatest grand prix in the world. Well, actually, um, I, I have a just, just to quickly interject. I would say keep the potholes, especially at Rock Creek Park, and put those F one drivers up against DC's best. Just you pick your top two drivers from right, DC. Right, and go rush the roads. hour, rush hour. Don't block the roads at all. Don't even block the roads, and, and let's see who wins. I actually think DC's best would be a sneaky little favorite. I mean, I think it'd be nuts if they, they sun around Rock Creek, but it's as they're changing the direction of traffic. Oh my God. And right. that's you, know, you got to pull yeah. you. <laughs> so yeah, Lewis Hamilton going around the Virginia driver that looks like he's the first time he's been anywhere ever, which is what every Virginia driver looks like. You got the Maryland driver with the biggest assholes in the world. They act as though they are the only person on the planet. Too fast, too slow, doesn't matter. I'm a Maryland driver, fuck you. Are we not? DC drivers. Uh, can't parallel park for some reason, which doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. All right, whatever. No, that's a stereotype I've never heard of. That's, you, 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 all right, gentrifier, be around here long enough. It's probably because all you assholes, but now you're Sorry, from the Motor City, you don't know how to drive. Oh, God. I can um, apologize. Well, there's, here's the thing. In the Motor City, it's like a bombed-out ghost town, so it's pretty easy to get the fuck around it. Um, actually, I'll stop the Excuse other things you. I was going to say, because I was going to build up to the F1 thing, was it used to be the days over in the NBA where you just get calendar out and you'd see, all right, Iverson's coming to town, Shaq's coming to town, Kobe's coming to town. He's be excited about those kind of things. I hate basketball now, at least the way it's played. Everybody's just jacking the ball from 50 feet. So it, it, it's lost its alert to me. Um, the, but outside of that, I'd also say just as a, top, as, a, as a second, Dallas week. When Dallas comes to town, I'm always excited. I don't give a shit what the records are. Um, sometimes even when I'm down the franchise, that is a week that still gets me pumped up. The city's a little different now because there's so many people that aren't from here or aren't Washington football team fans. But I remember growing up, Dallas week, the entire vibe of the city used to change. You had Chris Paul on uh, 95.5 released this song that week. For, for Dallas, you had everybody was blasting go-go. There was NASA throwback jerseys. You say, all right, I don't understand why you got a Jason Campbell jersey on, but it's all right. We're, we're rocking it. Or the dude with the Jeff George jersey on, like it didn't matter. We were all here for it, and I, I wish that those days could kind of come back the way they used to. Yeah, uh, they're an insane number of Dallas Cowboys fans as well. So not only the streets, but also like growing up in school. I mean, Hardy Middle School, there were tons of Cowboys jerseys, tons of at the time Redskins jerseys. Like it, it was a huge, huge week, man. It was awesome. Love that. Yeah, I miss those days. Is is, is is Dallas? Is that Washington's biggest rival? Yeah, a hundred percent. That should have been for for getting on this podcast. Yeah, there there is a historical. But is Washington? It's in the Is Washington Dallas's biggest rival? Yeah, I I think it depends on who you talk to. But historically, there are reasons, business wise, why these two teams hate each other. Um, From the, I wouldn't go through the entire history lesson, but there are reasons: racially motivated, financially motivated. There are long-standing reasons why I say if you're a Washington football team fan, you're kind of the villain and all this. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that is the robbery from the days of Tom Landry and George Allen going back and forth and spying each other at the training camp to now it, it is still the biggest robbery. It just so happens that you got two teams that have underperformed for the last 20 years. Somebody cares about it, but players still do. And we still do. But also, I mean, uh, to, to answer it properly. So like, I would like for that to be the case. And I think whenever they play us and see us on the schedule, we are their number one rival. But when you look at the number of Super Bowls and the history and when teams were peaking and stuff like that, San Francisco and Pittsburgh, you would put right up there with Dallas, given the number of Super Bowls, five, you're hovering at six. New England, they were dominant in a different era. So I don't think Dallas is like, oh, look at New England. It, it's just different. I think. Do, at the do time, you think Dallas sees, might see Philly as their biggest rival or, no. or New York? I don't. It's think so. New York. 
It's New York. You think it's, so? It's absolutely New York. It's yeah, Patriots Patriots fans and Giants fans. I mean, um, they, no, 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 they can't no. He was talking about Dallas there, right? Dallas. Who's, who's uh, Dallas is big? Oh, yeah, it's Washington. Or yeah, it's, it's Washington uh, in the NFC. It's Wash. It's Washington. It's Washington, and then Philly. Yeah, but the Patriots would definitely have some hatred for Giants fans, just given the two Super Bowls to answer that. So yes. I'm yeah, sorry, I thought that's what you mean. Patriots and Giants hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any any final uh, any final teams you want to throw out for this no hate debate? I, I actually I'll say honestly liked all the answers. There was no hate. I'll say when you mentioned the time machine, like one of my big regrets is never seeing Manu play uh, live. Like you know, okay. I, he, you know, as an Argentinian, like I felt like I had to see him, um, and a couple of times I, I sort of missed a chance. I did see Pop coach, which to me, Pop is is another another legend of the sport, uh, but it's not the same, of course. Now I'm gonna wait for the Nuggets to come to town, see if I can go see Faku. But you know, so we'll would you would you see Manu with Argentina because then he's more the guy, or would you want I mean, to see him in that six man role with the Spurs? I, I never expected him to see with Argentina, so I was only hoping to see him with the Spurs. Um, and honestly, it was also you know I lived here towards the end of his career, so it would have been like skinny really bald coming in for 12 minutes man which is fine fine with me love him oh, anyway but uh but it would have been not you know absolutely highest point man but still would have loved every moment of it is, is manu all a famer oh god here we go <laughs> i say yes yes and wallace is in he gets it <laughs> i say yes matt we what do you say that was, that was unnecessary but but it was a rhetorical question you actually asked okay yes the answer is yes <laughs> Matt, you there? Yeah, I personally don't think so, but we're trying to keep this under an hour. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, and in the spirit of keeping it under an hour, that will conclude the no hate debate this week. Elsie, thank you for introducing the topic. On to the State of the Union. We're going to breeze through this, beginning with the Washington Mystics. They were 2-1 and one last week with wins against the Atlanta Dream and the Chicago Sky. There are now two games left in the season, and we have that eighth and final playoff spot. It is really tight. Ideally win both. I think one might be enough to do it. The record's really bad, 12 and 18. So one and one might just do it. Those two games are Friday against the New York Liberty, who are on a seven-game losing streak at 7 p.m. on Twitter. So it's going to be live on Twitter. And then on Sunday against the Minnesota Lynx at 3 p.m. on NBC Sports Washington. On to the Washington Spirit. Absolute mess. Absolute mess. They forfeit their latest game, 3 nothing, due to having too many positive COVID cases. They need to get their shit together. Thankfully, there's no game this week, or else we would have potentially been staring down the barrel at another forfeit. Pull it together, Washington Spirit. Men's soccer, DC United, a 1-1 draw against the New York Red Bulls this past week. Up next, tonight against the Chicago Fire at 7.30 p.m. and on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. against Atlanta United. Both games can be seen on dcunited.com and NBC Sports Washington. On to college soccer. Georgetown beat Maryland 1-0, but better news in college football for Maryland as they beat the fuck out of Howard, 62 to nothing. Up next, Big Ten action on Friday against Illinois at 9 p.m. Game can be seen on FS1. The Washington Nationals, Matt, what do we do? When are we, when are we going to see them? 2023. 2023. Opening we- day 2023, we'll cover it live. Yeah, but until then, we'll see you in 2023. And of course, the Washington football team this Thursday, 8.20 p.m., New York Giants. This is their only divisional game until the very end of the season where they have five in a row to conclude the season. So this is a huge game. Taylor Heineke's first ever start for the team in the regular season. 
I, of course, have high hopes. KDOT seems to also. <laughs> we'll see if we need to temper that down. We have the preview show coming out Thursday morning. That'll be me and KDOT. And Matt and Elsie, you guys are invited if you want to chat some football, some New York football giants and Washington football team. But this is District Divided. I am Amit. That is Matt. That is Elsie. That is KDOT. Thank you so much for joining us this week, every Wednesday, 3 p.m., and we will see you next week. Take it easy now.